You're listening to the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Great Synth 68 Podcast. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined tonight by Chris and Kaz. First of all, Chris, how have you been? Not too bad, thank you, Craig. Happy New Year to all our listeners and yourself. Thank you very much. And you, Kaz, how have you been? I've been great, thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody as well. This is episode 47 of the podcast. We're going well as we go into 2019. It is the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. Our first story this week, and it's the big one, anne Catherine Berger, our goalkeeper, has rejected a new contract offer from the club. And she's set to join a new club in this transfer window. I'd be really surprised if she doesn't join a club in this month, given how the quality we know she has. No details have come to light as to where she's going yet, but our sources suggest she will remain in England. Uh, Berger has made 46 appearances for the club since joining in June 2016. The German keeper became a fan favourite as she made crucial saves in a number of games, including an FA Cup semi-final penalty shootout against Chelsea in 2017. But her final season with the club was perhaps overshadowed by the news that she had been diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Even that didn't stop her though, this incredible woman, as she returned to action less than three months after being diagnosed in an FA Cup win over Reading. As we said at the time, it was a great inspiration for not only footballers, but everyone who has and will go through tough times. Just going briefly over the time she's been here, um, Chris and Kaz, just a few thoughts on that. She obviously was a great player and a great person. For me, and probably being one of the best signings I've seen at the Blues. Watched her play for Potterdam before, so I obviously knew Anne before coming to the club. So, yeah, she brought a breath of fresh air. She's going to be a loss, but we've got Hannah. Yeah, from my perspective, I don't think there's a better goalkeeper in the division by a long way. For many a month now, we, since, since she's arrived, we've been absolutely baffled by her lack of inclusion in, in the German national squads which she just managed to turn around recently. To, to go through what she went through at the back end of 2017 and the start of 2018 with her illness and to come out the other side and, and show the courage and fight that she showed, it says a lot about the person, a really popular person within the squad by the fans, you know, the, the respect the fans held her in. Before that incident, before the cancer scare, um, her efforts and abilities on the pitch were were second to none. Whoever she goes to, they'll be they'll be signing a top quality keeper. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about that. But Kaz is right. We're focused on on Blues women, you know. And and Hannah played the last few games towards the back end of back end of 2018, and she's shown that she can be a keeper. Who listen, we've got a we've got a good defence. We've got a good side in front of her. And I think she showed over the last three or four games that she, she's more than capable of, of gaining that number one spot and making it her own. And our job now is to get behind her and, you know, not, not dwell on what's gone and on what's happened and, you know, who we could have had, who we, who we might be getting at the moment. We've got one keeper and, and that's Hannah and we have to get behind her. Absolutely, Chris. As you say, we have Hannah Hampton now as our main option, and it's really our only option. We lost Fran Stenson to Manchester City in the summer. Sophie Bagley left for Bristol City. And now with Anne leaving, we have Hannah Hampton and just Hannah Hampton. She's talented, no doubt, but you need a backup. Someone who will push Hannah to be the best keeper she can be. 
knowing someone is ready and raring to go to take her place, just as Hannah did when Anne was the number one. As we're halfway through a season, I don't expect a permanent replacement for Anne in this transfer window. I think a loan signing is what Mark will be looking to do, someone who isn't getting game time elsewhere. I've mentioned on social media that I think Megan Walsh should be the priority signing in the summer, but Yeovil won't sell her sooner than that. Who would you like to see come in during this window, and maybe in the summer as well? So if we're saying a loans option is, is the best option at the moment, you look at who's who's not playing. Arsenal have two keepers, but it's you know, I, I think the manager's choice is is um the French keeper. But both of them are getting games at the moment. Man City interchange between Ellie Roebrook and Cameron Bardsley. I think Chelsea with their three keepers, you can't interchange between three every week. I know I know they're in the Champions League as well, but for the purpose of this season, if you said to Carly Telford, you're our number one, you'll play every game with a World Cup coming up, then she she might take that over playing every other game for Chelsea because Lindahl is there as well. Or Lizzie Durack. Um, you know, Lizzie Durack is a is a very good keeper, not getting many games at Chelsea. I don't think she'd be a massive step away from Hannah. Those two could could complement each other and challenge each other well. You could go to Chelsea and say any of those two, really. See, see if you could entice any of those away. As you say, Jurak is third choice at Chelsea and she's unlikely to get many games this season and the opportunity to possibly be one of two at a club which is pushing for the top four as Birmingham are, that would be a good option for her, at least till the end of the season. What about you, Kaz? Who do you think? I've got two. I've got Carly Telford, who, who I absolutely love as a goalkeeper. I think she's probably one of the best English goalkeepers around. And also Rachel Laws as well, ex-Sunderland, currently hasn't played a game yet for Redden. We'll move on now to the best moments of 2018. It's been a great year for the Blues. And here's a few of the moments from our listeners who have sent them in via Twitter. First, Blue Nostrils has said... Watching Blue's second goal versus Manchester City in February from behind the goal, it was like a cavalry charge. Jess Carter's 80-yard stampede, Emma Follis's perfect centre and Ellen White arriving bang on cue to bundle home. What a way to end Manchester City's title hopes. Barnett's run on Twitter. The first time I remember the pepper and Chris brought the spoon for a perfectly made cup of Bovril. Chris will remember that well. What a moment. It's making me emotional. I just need a minute. Uh, if, if if listeners of uh, new listeners this year don't know, there's a running thing uh, that Chris and his friend can't get uh, Bovril at a lot of football grounds in the women's game, which is weird for according to him. Anyway, it's weird, and you can't. They don't, or, or if they do do Bovril, they don't do Pepper. It's not weird. It's just pure wrong. It's just out of order. You don't offer us Bovril if you're not going to offer Pepper. It's very simple. The next one came in from Helen Marie, 1981. She said, "So many to choose from. Anne's return." Ending Man City's unbeaten run, Ellen's hat-trick against Arsenal, Anne's penalty save versus Chelsea, Emma's goal versus Arsenal, and Connie's first goal against Liverpool. Helen kind of cheated about there. There were so many, so many, she picked basically every single moment of last year, but as, as we said, it was a good year, so I'll, I'll let her off on that one. And the final one which was sent in was from Miss Midfield on Twitter as well, and she said, I have two. The away day at Everton on the coast, it was hot, we all got sunburnt and they ran out of food in the club shop. Wellings and White scored free between them and we celebrated with a cider. And my second is Mannion's absolute pile driver from 30 yards out against Bristol City. That was, that was certainly a great goal looking back. Start with you, Kaz, what was your favourite moment of last year? 
I have three. Cheat. Right, so my first one is obviously Jess Carter's run and ending Man City's unbeaten run. Second one was Aoife's absolute worlder of a goal against Bristol and beating Liverpool on their own turf. That was that was a special game. Chris, how about you? The Man City game, you know, beating them at, at home, um, the second goal, the, the breakaway, the counter-attack, the way we played that day. We battled so hard and I think it was a night game and the atmosphere was really good, actually, I remember. So that's got to be up there. For, for me, I think performances like that Everton away game where everything comes together nicely and you can just see everything, everything fitting together, everything flowing quite nicely. That was epitomised in, in beating Liverpool 4-0 at home last season. So I think I'd go with that one, actually. There were some good goals on that day. That was a real a, a statement to say. Actually, this team is this team is coming, and we've got some really good players. We were just starting to see the the fruits of of what we'd been developing. Then Rachel and, and Ellen haven't played um, a massive part, if if you know, in Rachel's case, any part of this season, unfortunately. But you know, when they come back, we're disappointed to lose Anne. But I think again that that game really signified what we what we are capable of and what we can do. That would be up there for me as, as a real as a real significant point, a turning point to to what we what we're capable of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, earlier in that season we lost one 0 away at Liverpool and the way the way we turned it around by the time we played them at home and absolutely thrashed them that day just is a is a great demonstration of what Mark and the team are trying to do at Birmingham. And as I agree, that's a great moment. And the first one you mentioned, the the great goal against Man City, which was three days after we'd just lost to them in the Cup. So, again, it was the quick turnaround and we managed to get the energy to get ourselves back up and get the win. And capped it off with a great goal, which was, uh, I think, looking back, I think we played a clip of uh, Girls on the Ball. He was doing commentary for Facebook Live for that game. And it was it was one of those special commentary moments of going, Emma Follis, and it's in. And then they, they, were, they weren't sure if it was Alan White or who scored, but it was just the way they painted the picture of that moment was was nice. And it goes goes a long way to represent how well we did in that in that game. My personal moment probably is Anne's return when she returned again the uh, in the Reading game. I think it tops my list just because of how unexpected it was. No one thought Anne was going to be on the pitch after after driving down to Reading and then a winning goal from a German compatriot, Marissa Ewers, just capped off what a wonderful day that was. Yeah, it was. And, and, and as you say, for the, that was highly unexpected. When, when we saw the team sheet and Berger's name was on it, you know, that obviously gave us a, a massive boost. And, uh, and to go to, to Reading, who we've, you know, we've got a big rivalry with and knock them out the cup. And, and Marissa's goal was excellent as well. So, yeah, that was, that was quite a, a special day, yeah. The most significant day of 2018 could well have been this this time this time last year when we travelled up to Sunderland on on a Saturday night and lost three nil and were really poor because from that moment on things seemed to click and and Mark's got the best out of the girls from from that game on really in a funny kind of way that that might actually be the most significant. Moving on now to our preview. It's our first preview of the new year. And next up for Birmingham City is Reading. Kelly Chambers' side are fifth in the league going into this one. In fact, let's take a quick recap of the table since it's our first show back. Arsenal lead the way with 27 points and a positive goal difference of 35. Man City in second also on 27 points. 
but have played a game more. Chelsea are in third with 22 points and a plus 10 goal difference. Birmingham are in fourth with 22 points. Reading are in fifth with 18. West Ham in sixth with 16. Bristol City in seventh with 14. Liverpool in eighth with 10. And Everton, Brighton and Yeovil make up the final three places. Now we've had a turn up in form when it comes to facing Reading in recent matches, including two wins in our last three against the Royals. Traditionally, this fixture is a tight one with plenty of opportunity for the touch paper to be lit in what is usually a feisty game. Ex-Blues players and now two ex-Reading players in the mix, this could be a really captivating game to say the least. We've played Reading just twice at home since records began and have drawn both of those games. The most recent was a 1-1 draw at St Andrews at the end of last season. What kind of approach do you think Mark is going to take in this one? I can't see it being any different. You know, Mark is... The, the way he's got this side playing, he wants control. He wants the team to, to to know exactly what they're doing and to go and implement their style on the game and not worry about you know what what the opposition are capable of. I'm fully expecting it to be a tight affair again. It just it always is against Reading. It's the way it's the way it always happens against the, between these two teams. You know whether it is the rivalry or. Or just the, the the styles that that both team play. Listen, Reading have got good players in their side. Um, Farrah Williams has been has been in in good goal scoring form at the back end of 2018, and they've got players that you know that can hurt us on their day. But I don't think we'll be changing our ethos, changing our style in any way, shape, or form to to suit the opposition. You know, we we didn't against Arsenal or Man City, so I, I can't see us changing it against Reading. You mentioned Farrah Williams. She's been in superb goal-scoring form this season for midfield. Six goals in 11 matches for the 34-year-old. We could see the return of Marissa Ewers also in this one. Having uh, She played in a, an academy game before Christmas. Her and Hayley Ladd will need to be closing her down at every opportunity to negate her talents on Sunday. Another name that's popped up in the WSL stats over Christmas is former Blues midfielder Joe Potter. She made the most passes in an opposition's half out of every player in the division. I confess I wasn't at our win earlier in this season against Reading, but we played them last season and she played a part of that in the in a, more of a defensive role. It, is, does it show that Reading are a, a team that want to play on the front foot that she's had so many touches in the opposition half, given that she's played a, more of a defensive role these days? Oh, definitely, but you can't take you can't take anything away from Joe Potter either. She is a good player. We all missed her when Erin Jade left. But I think if we're on, we could probably stop her playing them balls that she likes to play into Farah and into Jade and into Remy. Hopefully, we can keep Joe relatively quiet as well and don't give any way any free kicks where she can lick them. And obviously the return of Jade Moore at the back end of 2018 is a positive for them to shore up their midfield and obviously get better results. I make no bones whatsoever that I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Jade. You know, she's a player that, that England would really need going to the World Cup as part of that midfield. Her energy, her, her work rate levels and uh, her ability on the ball in that midfield are, are, are very, very impressive. And they definitely help Reading. You know, when she's fit, she she plays a big part. We know they like to build from the back, and that's why that's why Joe has a has a lot of possession. I'm not sure how many of those passes are. You know, it, it's a funny stat really because you can pass it sideways five yards, and technically that's a 
that's a pass in the opposition half. But it's it's clear that Reading have been on the front foot, you know, for for someone who plays part of that back three to to have as many touches as that in the opposition half. But Lauren Bruton as well has been has been in and around the England setup um, since Neville's come in. Um, so so she's someone that we'll need to keep an eye on as well. But both sides know each other very well, which is why more often than not, it's quite a tight game between the two. In goal for Reading is likely to be Grace Maloney, who has become the preferred option for manager Kelly Chambers after Mary Yerps has gone to Germany. Rachel Laws, who joined from Sunderland in the summer, as Kaz mentioned, hasn't started a single league game so far this season, making two cup appearances. Does that surprise you, Kaz, that she hasn't played more games than, than that? Yeah, t- for me, R- Rachel Laws, other than Carly Telford, has been superb. You just need to look at her record as well. She won the league with Liverpool. The amount of clean sheets she's kept for Sunderland as well. It's it's just a big shock to me that Rachel isn't number one for any team, never mind sitting on the bench and not getting a game. Yeah, I mean, she before she went to Reading, when she was at Sunderland, people were calling for her to be called up for the England team, and then it, it just seems to have just disappeared now. She's not she's not even in the thoughts of anyone because there's there must be at least three or four that's ahead of her now in the list. I think she did get a knock in pre-season, so that might have made Kelly's mind up. But it's just a baffling question why Rachel Laws has not played a single league game this season. In the summer when it was announced that she was signing for Reading, my thought was that she'd be the number one. You know, she was going there to be number one. But like you say, I, I'm with Kaz a little bit. I think it's it's slightly surprising that she hasn't made a league start this season. You know, no, no slight against Grace Maloney. I haven't seen enough really of Grace Maloney to, to, to suggest whether she's better than Rachel Laws or not really. But yeah, I thought... I thought when it was announced that Laws would be going there to be number one, but it hasn't turned out that way. Of the five players that Reading have brought in in the summer, only two of them have become regulars under Kelly Chambers. That's Maz Pacheco and Gemma Davison. The likes of Millie Farrow and Sophie Howard can't really get a look in. It just seems strange to bring in players and not use them. What do you both think? We brought in Chloe Arthur and Harriet Scott and that they weren't involved straight away. You know, Obviously, they've come in now and... Uh, and, and both of them have been have played a big part in in our season so far. But um, yeah, look, they, they had a they had a decent side. They've added to it for maybe maybe for squad depth more than first team changes. And to be fair, they're, what what they on eighteen points, so you know they haven't had a terrible season. We'll move on now to the predictions, the first predictions of the new year, and we're making a slight change for this year. We can predict the same score, but we have to name a goal scorer if we, in, in the instance that that score is matched, if, if that makes sense. So if we both okay. say 1-0 and I say Wellings and you say Follis, if Follis scores, then you win that point for that week. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay, I'll let Kaz start first. Kaz, what do you think the score is going to be on Sunday? 2-1 Blues. Who's going to score? Oh, Keris Harrop. Harrop, okay. Chris? I'll make it easy for you and I'll go 0-0. 0-0, okay. I've got 2-1 written down, but I've got Charlie Wellings. So that's my prediction. So Kaz has gone for Keris Harrop to score and 2-1. Chris has gone for 0-0. And I've gone for 2-1 with Charlie Wellings scoring. So that's all for this week. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on!
Big Brian Silly!